0: Life Audio. Hey, what's going on guys? Welcome back to Questions with Caden. My name is Caden Fabrizio. And hey, this is a really awesome and really exciting episode. This is the first time that we are releasing my Yona message um, on the podcast. So I'm really excited for you guys to listen today. Um, I'm praying and believing that you're going to be encouraged by this message. I want to say, uh, if you are encouraged, share it with a friend. And also, if you are a Southern California young adult, I would love, love, love to see you in the room. We got Yona. Night three going on May 12th at Haven City Market in Rancho Cucamonga. Do what you got to do to get there, but this is your formal invitation. You are invited, and I would love to see you there. Be sure to subscribe um, wherever you're listening to this podcast. It helps us out so much. Um, I'm believing today. You're going to be really inspired by this message. I do want to let you know the audio is a little touchy in some areas. We were having some audio problems that night. We're getting it fixed. It'll all be better by next month. Um, And we won't have this problem again. But I just felt like this message is so powerful. I believe that Jesus is calling this generation to get up and to call people back to him. Enjoy this episode. I'm praying that you're going to be encouraged and you're going to leave a little bit better than how you clicked on this episode. Love you tons. Enjoy this episode. Who's happy that we can get into the word of God? Anybody? All right. Turn If you have a Bible, turn with me. Or if you have a a phone, which is the easy thing to do. I'm going to preach the world's biggest Bible today. And um, I believe that God is going to do something really special. Because this message, um, it's something that God had to do in me before he let me preach it to you guys. And so for the last six months of my life, the Lord has been hounding this message into my head and my heart. And I'm really excited to get to share what I believe God is calling all of us as young adults into for what he wants to do. And so, right now, turn with me to Jonah 1, chapter 1. This is also important. I'm going to need a little help today. You guys are doing great so far. But you can. If you don't want to leave me up here alone preaching, go ahead and holler at me, shout at me. If you're feeling the presence of God, give me an amen. Help your boy out a little bit because I don't really want to stare at your RBFs. You're resting believer faces. What do you think I said? You You guys are silly. You guys are so silly. Okay, Jonah 1-1. I'm running out of time. Who's there? Are we there? Is it on the screen? The Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai, get up, somebody say get up, and go, somebody else say go, to the great city of Nineveh, announce my judgment against it, because I have seen how wicked its people are, but Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa, where he found a ship leaving for Tarshish, I don't like saying that, so let's call it T-Town. He's leaving the T town, hoping to escape from the Lord. But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Today I'm excited to preach a message out of Jonah that I've titled, It's Time to Get Up. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, it's time. And look at the one you clearly don't like as much and say, get up. Let's pray real fast. We, we love you so much, Jesus. We thank you so much for who you are, for how you're here. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would speak to us tonight. That through my two Celsius, God, would you speak? We love you. This is all for you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You know, Jonah is, is a, it's a really powerful book to me. Last week I told you guys a lot about what Jonah is. But I didn't necessarily tell you guys what Yonah means. Yonah, the Hebrew pronunciation of Jonah. And what what Jonah means is dove. And when I saw that God was calling us to be a part of this move, I saw the Holy Spirit sitting down on top of this like a dove. And that's why we named this Yonah. Which is not coincidentally why God led me to preach out of Yonah this week. What you don't know is is Jonah, I guess we could call him Jonah, but I'm not really wanting to speak Hebrew. Jonah was, he was a an Old Testament prophet. I'm sure most of you guys know he's most famously known for the fish story. This guy got swallowed by a fish. If he grew up in in, in Bible school or grew up going to Sunday school, you know, you've heard this story. This dude gets swallowed by a fish. But what most people don't know is that Jonah was an Old Testament prophet, most widely known... For giving a prophecy to Jerusalem to turn back to God or they were going to be destroyed. So before we find Jonah here in Jonah 1, Jonah had gone by, was commissioned by God to go to Jerusalem and say, Jerusalem, if you do not turn away from your sin and the things that you're doing, because they had, you're going to be destroyed. Our relationship with God was different back then. But what's interesting is, the, the Israelites in Jerusalem listen to Jonah, and what ends up happening is Jonah repents, or, or Israel, uh, Jerusalem repents, and turns away from God, and God does not destroy Jerusalem. But because of that, all of Jerusalem actually starts to label Jonah a false prophet. They actually start to say, what you said was going to happen didn't happen. Jonah, you're a liar. You're a fraud. You, you need to go. They actually, they, they humiliated this man into hiding. The, the content, so, so, some, uh, some commentaries I read and some, some historians and theologians would say that Jonah actually, if he would walk into Jerusalem or anywhere in Israel or Assyria, they would start chanting false prophet. So when we find Jonah here in Jonah 1-1 and the Lord comes to Jonah and he says, Jonah, get up. He's actually not telling Jonah to stand up from a chair The Hebrew word here used for get up means to arise, to come out of, to step out of. God's coming to Jonah at one of his lowest moments when he's been humiliated into hiding, downgraded into disbelief, and he thinks that his life and his identity is over. And God comes to Jonah and he says, Jonah, get up and go. You don't need to have it together. You don't need to have it figured out. You just need to stand up and get out of the depression and get out of the addiction and get out of the anxiety and the label that somebody placed on you. Come on, somebody. You just need to believe that that's not who you are. You just need to get up. And I believe so, so, so strongly that Jesus tonight is calling us out of Jonah 1-1. He's coming to every single one of us young adults, and he's going, it's time to get up. It's time to get up out of your depression, to get up out of your addiction, to get up out of the world-crushing anxiety, to get up out of the labels that people have placed on you, the things that people have called you, what you've walked through, your past. I can go all day, but God says, I'm not looking at your past. I'm just asking you to get up. I'm just asking you to go. I think what's so crazy is that when God comes to Jonah... He comes to Jonah in his worst spot. He comes to Jonah in his, in literally rock bottom for Jonah. It doesn't get worse than being a prophet in the Old Testament and then being like, no, you're not. You lied. Because in the Old Testament, if you were a prophet, that's all you were. That was, God was speaking through you. That was your identity. You were a prophet. And if what you said didn't happen, that was the end of the line for you. It didn't get worse than being a false prophet in Israel. It didn't get worse than having a little baggage as a prophet. And I think what's interesting is that God doesn't come to Jonah and tell Jonah, hey, Jonah, um, once you figure out um, your social anxiety, and then once you figure out um, your bank account, then I'm going to send you to Nineveh, and then they won't be destroyed. God goes, Jonah, get up. He goes, Jonah, why are you down? Because the thing that's so interesting is that Jonah, says in, in the scriptures that Jonah goes to the, the, the port of Joppa to get away, which means maybe he was in Joppa, which you need to know that Joppa was so far out of Israel territory that it was actually considered enemy territory. Jonah got so, so, so humiliated that he actually ran into the hands of the enemy. And God comes to him down, depressed, humiliated, scared, in the hands of the enemy. And he says, Jonah, it's time. It's time to do it again. Why would God come to Jonah, somebody that the world has called a false prophet, and ask him to prophesy? Why would, Jonah, why would God come to Jonah and say, Jonah, this is who you are, even though nobody sees it, even though everybody else thinks you're something else, even though they all labeled you something else, even though your mom labeled you something else, even though that person labeled you something else, God is saying, that's not who you are. So, Jonah, So Jonah is receiving a message from God. Why? Because there was nobody else. Because Jonah was the only prophet in the area that had a 100% success rate on telling a civilization to turn back to God. Even if people thought that that wasn't what he was. So why is God coming to you? Down, broken, upset, anxious, and saying, get up. Because there's nobody else. Because when other people see a failure, God sees a success. Because when other people say, no, he's a false prophet, God says, no, I know what I named him. You want to see something interesting? Jonah, the son of Amittai. Amittai is not his daddy. Amittai means truth. While others label Jonah a false prophet and a liar, God named him the son of truth. And so he comes to Jonah and he goes, false prophet? You're literally Jonah's son of truth. And this is the interesting part. I think Jonah forgot how big our God is. Because Jonah went to Jerusalem to tell them to turn away. And they did. Why would God send a prophet somewhere to to tell them something That they were gonna be destroyed unless he didn't want it to happen. He's God, he knew it was gonna happen. And so, while other people said that he failed, Jonah was a success. And that's where we find ourselves.
1: We're at this crossroads
0: of figuring out am I my past or am I my future? Am I my past or am I who God says I am? Am I the addiction? Am I the anxiety? Am I the broken household? Am I the divorced parents? Am I the rejection? Or am I a son of God, a daughter of God who says I'm called, that no weapon can form against me that says that I'm anointed and chosen for a time as this? Is that who I am? What am I that? we disqualify ourselves from what god wants us to do and is calling us the only person for the job is you but we disqualify ourselves because we say it can't be us it can't be me you don't understand what i am god you don't see what i watched last night you don't get who i am you don't get what i'm afraid of you don't understand what i'm walking through you don't understand what people have placed on me and he goes no i get it i'm god And I see it all. And I know what you're called to. You want to know how you know you're you're equipped for what God is calling you to do? If he called you to do it. Let's not make this complicated, people. If God is asking you to do something, you can do it. And so for six months when God is going, pounding this in my head, he led me to Jonah and he said, get up and go. And I couldn't get past get up and go. I could not get past get up and go. I'm like... God wants me to read Jonah, and it's this awesome story. I mean, a dude survives in a fish. That's not even a real thing, is it? And I can't get past get up and go. Because I didn't get up and go. And so then we start Jonah, and we launch Jonah, and I realize, oh, my gosh, for the last six months, God has been saying get up and go because he's been asking me to do This. And something is planted deeply inside of you that has been knit intricately from your birth. Something that could be as beautiful as this or even more beautiful that God wants to do in your life. But you've disqualified yourself because of what you walked through or what your daddy said or what your girlfriend said or your ex-girlfriend. You disqualify what you walked through because you think that your, your past is your future. But God loves to use people with a past to remind others that they have a future. Come on, somebody, lift up a praise. I'm not even past point one. I don't know if I'm gonna get past point one, to be honest. The clock is winding down. So let's move on a bit. So God tells Jonah, get up and go. And Jonah sort of listens. The Bible says that, so he says here in in verse 3, but Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction of the Lord. So Jonah went, I bet. And he was like, I'm going to go this way. And God's like, no, 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 I'm calling you this way. And Jonah's like, technically you said get up and go. And so scripture tells us that he goes down to Joppa and he he charters a boat to T-Town. What you have to know is really interesting about Joppa and T-Town is that both of these cities were widely known for being cities of comfort and luxury. So while Jonah is running from God, he's doing everything that he can to provide himself comfort. So scripture says he he charges a boat to T-Town. A.K.A. Jonah says, no God, I'm just going to go get comfortable. I want to pick the story back up in verse 3. It says, but Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving for T-Town. He bought a ticket and went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. But the Lord... Somebody say, but the Lord... But the Lord hurled a powerful wind over the sea, causing a violent storm that threatened to break the ship apart. Other translations say that that ship was actually destined to break apart. On Jonah was on a ship headed for comfort, but destined for destruction. And many of us find ourselves hearing God up and go... And we head to a ship that we think is going to be more comfortable because for some reason we can't trust God. We can't wrap our mind around how God really knows what he's doing even though he's God. We don't trust him because we've already disqualified ourselves. So we charter a boat headed for comfort that's really destined for destruction. And then the, the Lord hurdles a storm at Jonah. And I, I'm going to mess up your theology for a second. Is that okay? The God of love and patience and peace and kindness through a storm at Jonah. Why? That sounds like harm. No, it sounds like discipline. And any good parent, even there's good parents in this room, shout out my parents in this room, any good parent will tell you that a child's discipline is intricate in helping steer their life towards the right things. A good parent will even tell you that the minor discomfort that a kid will experience in discipline is far less than the destiny-destroying, destiny destructing path that they're already on. So God hurls a storm at Jonah, and it's not to harm him. It's a red flag warning. It's an alert on your phone. It's an amber alert going, you're going in the wrong direction. Get out of the storm. You know what's really interesting? This isn't in my notes, but I was just reminded of this. Um, Doves, they have this like uncanny ability to actually be able to tell when a storm is heading in their direction. What's interesting about that is that Jonah still made a decision that cast him into a storm, but then was confused. And we find ourselves, many of us in the same direction, we're finding ourselves in storms and we're going, you got to pray for me through this season. I'm just really in a spiritual attack. And the devil's going, I don't got to attack you. You're exactly where I want you. You're out of the will of God and you're disobedient. And the devil's going, you're making my job easy. And we're going. I don't know. I don't have any peace in this season, and this relationship's just really hard. And I'm anxious all the time. And I'm just, just. I've, been, I've never felt like this before. I've never felt like I was in a pressure cooker. I've never felt like I was gonna die before. I never really thought that um, my life wouldn't go anywhere past this. I never. I don't know what's going on. God, would you save me? And then you're going to your friends, and you're going. I don't know why He's not saving me. And God's going, because it's a warning sign. Because all. Every single one of the alerts in your body are telling you you're going in the wrong direction. But I want you to see this. This is verse 5. Fearing for their lives, the desperate sailors shouted to their gods for help and threw the cargo overboard to lighten the ship. But all this time, Jonah was sound asleep down in the hold. So the captain went down after him. How can you sleep at a time like this? How can you sleep at a time like this? And God's going to us tonight, how can you sleep at a time like this? How can you sleep and go in the wrong direction when there's people in your city dying and depressed and lonely and hurting and anxious and don't know what to do and suicide is the number one killer in America? How can you sleep at a time like this? And we go, because we want to be on a ship headed for comfort. And God's going, listen to the warning signals. You're called to greatness. There's nobody else but you that can do this. But it's just a really hard season. But I want want to pause for a second because I don't want you to take away what I'm not saying. I don't want you to hear what I'm not saying, okay? There's a difference between a trial and a storm. There's two different things. A storm is what Jonah is in. A storm is when he's in a ship headed away from God in the opposite direction. He's disobedient. There's no peace in his life. He's depressed. He's sound asleep, ignoring everything that's going on. That's a storm. But a trial can look very similar because it can be the exact same thing. You can be having no peace. You could be anxious. You could still be obedient. But I want you to see something. There's a verse in scripture. Where this guy, his name is the Apostle Peter, and he is in a boat with his other disciples, and Scripture tells us that he actually they, they encounter a storm. The Bible actually says in it's when the Bible's clear about something you you need to like highlight it. So when the Bible says like the disciples were in danger, they, the Bible's not playing around. So the Bible says that the disciples were all in a boat and they were in danger but here comes Jesus walking on the water towards them. Peter sees Jesus and he cries out to him. He says, Lord, is that you past the wind and past the waves and past the storm and past the anxiety and past the confusion? Is that you way back there? And God says, yeah, it's me. And and Peter says, okay, well, call me out and I'll come to you. So Jesus says, all right, sure. So Peter hops out the boat and starts walking towards Jesus. I want you to see this though. Peter is in the middle of a storm, but he's also in the middle of a miracle. Why? Because he's fixed his eyes on Jesus. And in a moment's notice, scripture tells us that Peter, he starts to look at the storm, he starts to look at the waves, he starts to eye the anxiety, he starts to eye the addiction, he starts to eye the loneliness, he starts to eye his past, and he starts to sink. But God reaches down and snatches Peter immediately. The Bible says, immediately. That's a trial. It looks like a storm, and it only feels like a storm because you're not looking to Jesus. If Peter would have just kept looking at Jesus, he would have just kept walking. He would have just kept walking. Nothing would have gotten his way. Nothing would have distracted him. He wouldn't have started to believe the things the enemy wanted to throw at him. He wouldn't have have started to believe the opposition. He just would have said, no, none of that is for me. I know what God's called me to do. I know he said, get up and go, come to me. And he'd just start walking. But he looked at the storm. And that is the difference between the trial and the storm. But can I tell you what happens in both of them? both of them God is going to intervene. They just might look different. In one of them Jesus reaches down with a hand and in the other one Jonah Jesus sends a fish. I don't know if I'm going to get through this all the way I'm out of time but I'm trying to try my best. So Jonah he's on this boat it's destined for destruction. The sailors are crying. They're like, we're gonna die. This is the worst storm we've ever been in, which is crazy because they're sailors. And they're like, this is awful, this is terrible. So Jonah just goes, Just throw me overboard. It'll end. Like, have you ever been that? Like that like that spot with God? Where you're just like, okay, fine. So Jonah throws himself overboard. Or the sailors do, actually. Which is weird to me because it's like. He's like, hey, just throw me overboard. Which, I like, do, just jump. What are you? Why are you making these guys throw you? Your friends matter, people. So he gets, he, he's sinking in the ocean. He jumps out of the boat. He's sinking in the ocean. And the Bible says that Jesus sends a fish to swallow him up. Uh, it's weird. It's, I know it's weird. But also, if you're a believer here, you believe that. Jesus was uh, birthed by a virgin, and he was perfect, and then he died, he came back to life, and our spirit rests in us, so don't trip on a fish. He can clearly do whatever he wants. So after Jonah says no, after Jonah is in the storm, Jesus intervenes. And Jonah gets in the belly of a whale, or a fish, or whatever Sunday school you were at, and it says that Jonah finally became obedient Because he started to pray, Lord, you saved me. Lord, you stepped in when I needed you most. When I was gone and I was running and I didn't think I was enough and I believed that I was a false prophet. Jesus, you came and you saved me. And you stepped in and you said, no, son, that's not who you are. You're more than that. Come on, somebody, lift up a shout of praise. You're more than that. So after that, Jonah gets... Spit out of the fish. Again, weird. And I want you to see this. Jonah 3, one. I think it's going to go on the stage. This, the, what is that called? A projector? Jonah 3, one. let Let's read it together. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time. Somebody say a second time. Then the Lord spoke to Jonah a second time and a third time and a fourth time and a fifth time. And he said, get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and deliver the message I have given you. God does not come to Jonah and say, Jonah, you ran. What are you doing? You're so stupid. He doesn't even address it. He says, I'll give you a second chance and a third chance and a fourth chance. And you can try and run all you want. But I have something that's better for your life. I have something that you need. And I want you to do. And it takes a sixth time and a seventh time and an eighth time and a ninth time. I died for you. And I'll be the guy to tell you, here's your second chance. Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and preach the gospel. So Jonah's like, All right, I will. I will Listen. So Jonah goes and the scripture says, I'm trying to move as quick as I can. It says, scripture says that Jonah goes and he preaches the gospel. And lo and behold, everybody in the city repents and turns back to God. And God does exactly what he didn't want to do. And he didn't want to do. He didn't destroy the the town. He didn't destroy Nineveh because he didn't want to in the first place. Because Jonah was the man for the job, remember? He had a 100% success rate. He told people, hey, your city's going to get blown up. You better hurry up. And they listen. But I want you to see this. And this is really, really interesting. i got to turn. After Jonah saves an entire city, where is Jonah? Is he rejoicing? Is he celebrating? happy that he was finally obedient? Is he saying, God, you're so right. I should have listened the first time. What you said was actually true. Does he, does he do that? No. We find Jonah, angry, pouting at the top of a hill, overlooking Nineveh. And, it, and it, he, says, he says, that is why I ran away to Tarshish. I knew that you are a merciful and compassionate God, slow to get angry and fa- and filled with unfailing love, you are eager to turn back from destroying people. And Jonah says, "Just kill me now, Lord. I'd rather be dead than alive if what I predicted will not happen." And I've read this a million times. Jonah is my favorite book in the Bible. I don't know. It's weird. I don't know. It's weird. And it did. I didn't understand that what Jonah was was doing is Jonah was having. A flash from the past. Jonah in that moment was not celebrating what God did through him. He was upset how God did it. Because once again, what Jonah said was going to happen didn't happen. In other words, the label that Jonah had been placed, false prophet, was the one that he actually started to believe So when he was called to Nineveh to preach, he actually said, okay, only if I don't look like that again. But God said, I don't care what you look like to other people. I need to get a message through you to people to know that they're hurting and I can help. And I want you to see this. This is the most important part of this entire message. So after that God sends a plant to teach Jonah a lesson because apparently he's a terrible learner. So am I. And so God sends Jonah a plant. The Bible says that the plant gave Jonah shade in the hot sun and temporarily provided comfort. The very thing that the ship that he got on was headed for, he went back to what he thought was going to be better. But it says that God actually destroys the plant. And then look at what he says. Because Jonah's pissed about the plant. Don't laugh. Some of you guys are so mad when your plants die. I know it. And I'm not going to say what gender it is, but it's women. Okay. (laughs) Then the Lord said, you feel sorry about the plant? Though you did nothing to put it there. It came quickly and it died quickly. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people living in spiritual darkness. Not to mention the animals proving dogs go to heaven shouldn't I feel sorry for such a great city in other words God comes to Jonah and he says Jonah what about the people you want comfort and you want to look nice and you don't want to feel like you look stupid when you tell that guy at the coffee shop that Jesus loves him But Jesus says, what about the people that are dying and hurting and broken and need a message from a messenger who would say, I'll get up and go when you tell me to, if you just ask, because if you could do it in me, and if you could take a depressed and an addicted, lonely individual, and you could tell somebody there's hope and you did it in me, you could do it in you. God says, Jonah, this isn't about the plant, and it isn't about the comfort, and it isn't about the success, and the Instagram followers, and the clout. It isn't about the job promotion. It isn't about the marriage. It isn't about any of this, Jonah. It's about people. And God sent me tonight to wake up some people in a boat that are asleep, headed and destined for destruction, to tell you guys, people need you. And sometimes you might look stupid. I was at a coffee shop with Alan, actually. What was that, last month? A few weeks ago? Yeah, two weeks, three weeks ago? And I was talking to Alan, and I just couldn't get this guy out of my head who was sitting in the corner. And so after I finally was like, okay, I'll go talk to this guy. And truthfully, it was only because he was about to leave. I was going to wait as long as I could. And he was about to leave. So I walked up to the guy and said, hey, man, I just feel like Jesus wants you to know, like, he loves you. And. I don't know, I just feel like maybe you're anxious and I, there's, there's peace for you. And he was wearing a cross necklace and I go, do you know Jesus? And he's like, no. And I'm like, well, can I pray for you? And he's like, no. And I was like, sick. <laughs> so I go back to my buddy Alan and I sit down and I'm like, he's like, how'd it go? I'm like, not good. And the temptation in that moment is to go, I looked stupid. But here's what I want you to think about. If you had a foolproof plan to become a millionaire overnight, and you could tell anybody how to become a millionaire instantly, wouldn't you try and tell everybody? If you were a doctor and you had a cure for something that everybody had, wouldn't you try and tell everybody? Wouldn't you go to people and go, hey, dude, I have this medicine that can, can, can fill the void that's there, and I tr- just trust me, you know, it sounds it sounds interesting, but I, I can give it to you. If that person said, nah, I'm good, you wouldn't leave going, man, I look so stupid you leave going, this person just missed the biggest opportunity in their life to step into fullness, to step into freedom, to step into everything that God has for this person. They just miss an opportunity of a lifetime. And you know what it would actually do? You'd actually go, oh, one person missed out. Okay, I better go tell more people because more people need to know there's a solution to the issue. There's a solution to the depression. There's a solution to the addiction. There's a solution to the pain. There's a solution to the sorrow. There's a solution. And his name is Jesus. Isaiah 6, 8. It says, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, here I am, God. Send me. Send me, send the one who was addicted, who was broken, who was rejected, who was let down, who didn't think you had enough and you said, I have more than enough. I have everything you need. I have more for your life. Send me. To tell the barista you love them. I have seen more people's days be transformed. More people be healed. I've seen more of the craziest things you can see out of just simply someone, hey, you know Jesus loves you. I have a friend, he is famous for this, and he will literally tell people, Sammy knows him, he will tell people everywhere he goes, every Uber I've ever been in with this guy, no matter how awkward the Uber conversation was, or if the guy didn't speak, he'd reach across, before we got out, he'd grab the Uber driver on the shoulder. And sometimes I'm like, dude, this guy's gonna stab you. And he would just look at him in the eyes. And he would go, hey man, Jesus loves you. And he hears you, and he knows you, and he knows that you're asleep on a boat, but he wants to tell you that he's gonna send someone in your life, and maybe it was me, and your life could change today. Do you wanna know Jesus? I've seen more people saved in an Uber than I can count. But I've also seen more people in an Uber just be impacted. So I started doing it. I'm like, I'll take a a page out out of Dylan's book. And I was like, my first uber i ever did i was like alone i'm like oh hey man that was some really like thrilling conversation we had about like where you grew up hey uh jesus really loves you and this guy started weeping because maybe somebody just needs to be reminded Maybe somebody just needs a reminder. Maybe someone just needs someone that would say, I'll get up and I'll go. And if I look stupid and if I look like my past, I don't even care. I don't need a label. I don't need to be famous. I just need to get into someone's face and go, listen, Jesus loves you. He has a promise for your life. He has healing for your life. And he can save your soul. If you're depressed and you're lonely and you're addicted and you feel like you're at wit's end. Jesus can change everything. Come on, somebody lift it up. Come on, somebody, if you believe it. So here's what I want to do. I want to ask you, do you want to get up? Do I have to scream for 40, oh my gosh, 40 minutes? I'm going to get in so much trouble. I don't have to scream for 40 minutes. Do you want to get up? And if you do, I want to pray for you come on hey stand to your feet if you want to get up like this man just stand to your feet all over the room if you want to say god use me god do what you want to do through me god change my city change my state change my atmosphere change my workplace change other people's destiny come on if you believe it you lift up a shout right now in the name of jesus this Jesus that I screamed at you about for 40 minutes or maybe you did once know him and you say I want to rededicate my life or I want to give my life to Jesus for the first time I'm not really sure what it means I'm not really sure what it looks like I just know that God's calling me right now to get up and start my life with Jesus this is between you and God nobody's looking at you to be honest they're probably caring about what their shoes look like if you want to give your life to Jesus right now on the count of three, lift your hand up in this room. I want to pray with you. One, you know exactly who you are. Two, you feel like God is pounding in the head right now. Three, lift your hands in this room if you want to give your life to Jesus or recommit your life to Jesus. Come on somebody. Come on if that's you all over this room let's pray this prayer together let's go let's pray this prayer together jesus i know you're calling me you're my savior you're the void that's gonna fill my you're you're the person that's gonna fill my void jesus i give my life to you jesus everything i am is yours i say that you are my lord that you are my Savior, and that you died for my sins on a cross so that I could be saved. I believe it, and Jesus, I will get up. And it's in your name I pray. Amen. Hey, I hope that message encouraged you so, so much. Hey, I just want to say, if you are a young adult, 18 to 35-ish in the Southern California area, we are doing Yona Night 3, May 12th. And I would love to see you in the room. This is your formal invitation. You, Everybody has always been uh, and has always had that moment happen where someone goes like, oh, I wish I would have been invited. If I was invited, I would have came. This is your invitation. You are invited. I will personally be there, and I would love to see you. We also have a pretty exciting announcement. You're the first one to hear about it. But Cade Thompson and Brenly Brown will be coming to join us to lead worship with Yona Music. And it's going to be a really special night. I'm believing that God's going to move in a special way. And I would love to see you in the room. I'll see you there, May 12th. Can't wait. Have a great rest of your week. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Hi, I'm Zach. And I'm Randy. And we're from Salty Saints Podcast. where a theology and apologetics podcast. To find out more, subscribe at lifeaudio.com.